everybody who's glad to be at church today. Anybody glad to be in God's house? Can we just give Jesus all the praise he's worthy of? Amen. Hey, you're in the right place today. You're in the right place, the right time. God's brought you here. And uh, before we move on, I just want to look into the camera. Welcome everybody who's live online with us right now, but also everybody at our 430 campus. Come on, can we just welcome everybody on the other side today? Glad you're with us, part of our church family. So glad to be with you. And and uh, wow, what, what an amazing time of worship we've already had today. And I'm, I'm going to jump right into the message. I don't have a lot of fluff here at the beginning. I want to get into the message. We're in part three of a series that we're calling SOS, Rescuing Relationships. And uh, the first week we talked about, in, in this series, we talked about faithful attraction. Not fatal attraction like the movie, but faithful attraction. And then last week... Tom, uh, I'm sorry, not Tom, but uh, James and Terry Kraft were here in the room with us last week, shared their story. I don't know about you, but that just gave me hope. Like if God could restore them and, what, and what, look what God has done in their life. Come on, he can do it for anybody. Amen. Amen. It's so powerful. If you missed it, go back and watch that. Next week, we're, we're going to study in the Song of Solomon about this couple's first fight. Now, I know most of us are way past our first fight. Can I get a witness? But we're going to learn from their first fight. Today, though, today is going to be PG-13 slash NC-17, all right? So we're just, just letting you know if you have young children in the room today, uh, I would encourage you to take advantage of our kids' ministry, all right? City kids, uh, because they might be asking you things later on. And, um, and so I also want to tell you that our kids' ministry is not babysitting service, Come on, they're, they're back there right now learning songs, they're learning scripture, they're memorizing Bible verses, they're learning the Bible stories, they're learning at an age-appropriate level. And so if, if you don't want your kids, I would say if they're middle school and older, you're good, but if they're not quite there yet, I would encourage you to take them on back to kids check-in, get them into an age-appropriate environment because we're talking about godly sex today, all right? And the reason we're talking about it is because this is the best place to talk about it. Oh, come on. I, I thought we... I mean, the church is the appropriate place to be talking about sex because after all, God did design it. And so why don't we just talk about it in the church? In fact, um, the world has its own definition of sex. The, the world would say, man, you Christians are... You're, you're just old-fashioned. You're out of touch with reality. You need to get with the times. Uh, maybe you're hateful or you're just a bunch of bigots. You, you, you think so differently about, about sex. There, there are even people in our society today who, uh, who they, would just, they believe that sex is an animalistic instinct. I mean, just, just any time, any place, anywhere is A-OK. And the only problem with that is if, if you think that way, if you think like an animal... You'll act like an animal. And if you act like an animal, you'll begin to believe you are an animal. And when you look at our society today and our culture today, you see young people, preteens, who are confused about their gender. They're confused. They, they actually believe they're a furry. We have preteens and teenagers, young people, identifying as wolves. I, if you don't know this, your head is in the sand. Come on. 
And so, I can't believe we're talking about this in church. This is the best place to talk about it, everybody. In fact, I think if we had been talking about it for the last 25, 35, 45 years, we wouldn't be where we are today. There's just, it's confusion, and, and there's no hate inside of me at all. I love, in fact, if you're here and you, you believe opposite of what we believe, I want to I ask you, keep coming back. You're welcome here. You're welcome. Keep coming to church here. But, but I, if, if it's okay for the world to have a belief about sex, hey, everybody, it's okay for the church to have a belief about sex. So we're, gonna, we're just going to believe what the Bible says about it. And, and so, um, you know, we, just to kind of tell you how far we have come in our world, even just in the last year or two, um, we, it's no longer LGBTQ. It's LGBTQ. QQIP2SAA. And there's confusion. We don't, people don't know. They're confused. There's confusion. Uh, I, I remember, and, and by the way, I, I wouldn't, I'll tell you what the Bible says about parenting and what the Bible says about sexuality. I'm not going to tell you how to parent your kids, but can I tell you? I just want to warn you um, anime is a gateway to sexual confusion. In case you didn't know. In case, in case, like, that's why we as parents, we've got to know what our kids are watching. We've got to know what they're involved in. We can't just turn the blind eye and act like it's all okay because it's, it's not okay. Um, so what we want is we want God's definition on sex. Can I get an amen on that? All right, let's let the one who designed it define it. He designed it, so let's let him define it, and we're going to discover what he says today about godly, God-honoring sex, all right? So, and I've got, I've got good news and I've got bad news, okay? The bad, bad news is, bad news is uh, I'm not a sex expert. I don't, know, I don't know all there is to know about this topic. That's the bad news. The good news is I did save a lot of money by switching to Geico, so we just... <laughs> no, I'm still with Allstate. I hadn't switched, but... Uh, so, so, so... Uh, what is God's definition of sex? Well, it is one man, one woman in marriage. And by the way, when you are in a godly marriage, when, uh, can I just say it this way? Sex in the biblical covenant of marriage is one of the best things on planet earth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on. It's incredible. And so we, we, we shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about sex. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. It shouldn't make us blush. It is a gift from God. It makes babies and it's fun. All right? In marriage. So, so let's not be embarrassed about it. Let's jump into this. Are you ready today? We're going to laugh. We're going to have some fun. I'm probably going to say things that you're going to think, I can't believe he said that in church. But again, this is the best place for it. All right? So we're, gonna, we're just going to jump in. If you're ready, say ready. ready. All right, here we go. If you're, if you're all the guys, make sure you're taking notes today. This is, this is good, good stuff I'm teaching. Six thoughts, six um, biblical thoughts about godly sex. All right, and the first one is this. We're looking through Song of Solomon chapter 4. The first thing is this. Well, we forgot to. The first thing is this. Godly sex starts way before the bedroom. Oh, can we get a witness there? It's, it's, not, it's not just an action. It's not just a physical encounter that happens in the bedroom. It starts way before the bedroom, and men are a little bit slow to understand this. 
Women, you, you, you get this. You, it, it's natural for you. Can we just acknowledge that women are crockpots and men are microwaves? I mean, men are ready to have sex anytime, anywhere, any position. Let's go. Hey, we, we, I'm ready. Women, not so much. Men have this unique ability to make any comment a sexual comment. Hey, honey, can you stir the pot? I'll stir your pot. <laughs> hey, I noticed today I need to get my oil changed. I'll change your oil. Or, or uh, honey, could you butter the biscuits? I'll butter your biscuits. It's true. Men have a unique ability, but men, listen to me. We've got to realize great sex, godly sex starts before the bedroom. It starts way before the bedroom. I want you to notice how Solomon approaches his lady. He approaches the, the Shulamite woman. He says, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, you're so beautiful. How beautiful. Your eyes are uh, behind your veil are doves. Oh, the way you bat your eyes at me, girl, I can't even. It's just like, I, your eyes are so beautiful. Hey, do you believe in love at first sight? Or do you need me to walk by again? It's like... I know why your eyes are blue, because they just blew my mind, right? It's like, his, your eyes, he, notice he's starting at the top. He starts with, and, and what is he talking about? He's talking about her looks. If you go back to week one, what did we discover? That she was insecure about what? Her looks, her skin. She was insecure about her, her, her body, and he starts with, just building her up long before the bedroom. You're so beautiful. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending down from the hills of Gilead. Girl, you've got great goat hair. Oh, it's beautiful. You've got that Vidal Sassoon, that Pantene Pro V L'Oreal, Paul Mitchell, whatever. Trust, I don't know what you use, but you, whatever it is, you've got that kind of hair, girl. It is beautiful. And I know that seems weird, like he's complimenting her with goat hair. But these goats were beautiful, long, black-haired goats that, that they would flow down the mountains of Gilead. It was just, he's saying, your hair is so, it's perfect, it's wavy, it's, it, it looks so good. And then, and then watch this. Next verse, uh, verse 2, he says, your teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn. Coming up from the washing, you brush your teeth, you've got good smelling breath, girl. Each one has its swing, you've got all of your teeth. Uh, what is he? Not one of them is alone. What that means is she's not from Arkansas. Got all your teeth. You're not a hockey player, right? You just got, you got all of them. Just each one has its twin. He's complimenting her. He's building her up in the area that she's insecure about. And Annalise, has, she's helped me through the years to understand, um, she's helped me to understand how little things matter. Right, ladies? Little things matter. So, so when her emotional tank is full, then her physical expression of love is an overflow, not just a duty. Let me, let me tell you, the little things are that phone call midday. Hey, how you doing? Just checking in on you. It's, it's doing the dishes or taking out the trash when she didn't ask me to take out the trash. It's, uh, 
It's, can, can I just say something, guys? You are never more sexy to your wife than when you're in there with that vacuum. Just vacuum. <laughs> straight lines. Straight lines. Mm. It looks good. Remembering to do something that she asked me to do. That's a big deal. Like actually remembering it, helping with the kids, bedtime duty. That fills up her emotional tank. And, and when, when her emotional tank is full, then that makes for good lovemaking. Right? It starts before the bedroom. She's also helped me to understand NST, non-sexual touching. That's, it's that kiss on the cheek. It's that, it's that simple caress. It's, it's a hug with no hunka hunka. All right? <laughs> Non-sexual touching. So he's building her up. He's, he's saying, hey, girl, you're so beautiful. He's building her up. All right, look what verse 3 says. Your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like the halves of a pomegranate. You don't need Botox, girl. You are beautiful. You are, you are beautiful. So he's building her up before the bedroom. All right, so that's the first thing. All right, taking notes. All right, the second thing, biblical thought, biblical principle about great sex, godly sex, is this. We find it in Solomon, Song of Solomon, is tender. It's tender. All right, it's not, it's tender. It's not hasty. It's not out of line. It's tender. Solomon says to the Shulamite woman, he says, hey, your breasts are like Two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. And I'm sure we have some hunters in the room today. <laughs> How do you approach a fawn? Quietly, carefully, methodically. You don't bust in and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. No. When, when you're in the field, you're tender. And I would, I would say that maybe some of us are maybe more tender in the field than we are at home. More tender in the field than we are in our marriage. And I just want to encourage us, let's get that tenderness back in our marriage again. Let's get that tenderness back in the bedroom. Don't re respect your spouse. Don't force your spouse to do something that they're uncomfortable with. Great sex, godly sex starts in the bedroom. It's tender. But number three, it's passionate. It is passionate. How do you know, Pastor Ben? Well, Solomon said, until the day breaks and the shadows flee. What does that mean? All night long. He's like, all night long, we could be all, all night long. He says, I will go to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of incense. I will not explain what that means. You can figure it out on your own. But he says, we're going to make love all night long. It's passionate. It's, it's passionate. So, so the question is, why do newlyweds, why is it that newlyweds are often passionate in their first couple of years, but then after a while, the passion fades? Well, it's because you, you start to have kids, and you, you get a mortgage, and you, you have bills, you have all of this stuff going on in life, and, and you lose the passion, you, you lose the priority in your marriage. And so, let me say it this way. A lot of you have a fireplace in your home, but 
it's not the fireplace's fault if there's not a fire, a fire in it. I'm going to say it again. It's not the fireplace's fault if there's not a fire in it. And it's not your marriage's fault if there's no passion in your marriage. So what do you have to do? You have to stoke the fire. You have to build the fire. You have to kindle the fire. You, you, you have to keep it going. You have to keep adding logs. You have to keep, you, 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 you have to fan it into flame. You've got to watch it carefully. You can't let the fire go out. In the fireplace, you can't let that fire go out in your marriage. You are responsible as spouses to bring that passion back into your marriage. So, Guys, what can we do? We can initiate. I think it's our role in the marriage to initiate this passion, guys. So it's that date night. It's that it's taking her um, on on a date, and and maybe every time you go out, you're like, "Do you really need another pair of shoes?" I mean, come on. Maybe it's, girl, get two pair of shoes. But see if they can be buy one get one free. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's, 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 it's uh, complimenting her. It's maybe going back to some of the first works you did back in your dating game when you held the door open for her, when you, when you opened the car door for her, and you, you waited for her without frustration. Be out, in, be out in two minutes, okay. And you waited for 15, right? Just, just go back to those, do those first works over again, do something special. Do what she likes, not what you like. Initiate that passion. Some of you are going, Pastor Ben, we can't even go out to dinner. We've got so many kids. Nobody wants to babysit. Look, we got four kids. We know. When people see our number on the caller ID, they go, don't answer it. They're, they're calling about babysitting. Don't answer it. We get it. We get it. But sometimes you have to get creative in your marriage. If you want to bring the passion back, you have to get a little bit creative. And if you don't have a babysitter, then bring in the one-eyed babysitter. Turn on Disney+. Plus disappear for a few minutes they'll be all right get the passion back get the passion back get creative um anyway we're talking about godly sex starts before the bedroom it's tender it's passionate but number four it's built on absolute trust absolute trust and we're talking about sex within a marriage so this isn't just like none of this applies to just Having a little fun, one night stands, this doesn't apply. All this goes out the window because that is the complete opposite of God's way for us. But when you do it God's way, the godly sex has to be built on absolute trust. And we see this verse 7 here. Solomon says, you are altogether beautiful. I remember she was insecure about her looks, about her skin, about her, about her appearance and he says, you're altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. He's building her up. He's helping her see, hey, I am all yours. I am submitted. I'm, I'm completely yours. I'm committed to you, baby. He's saying, in my eyes, you're, you're perfect. In my eyes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about you. Which, by the way, this is, when we talk about trust, this is why pornography is so destructive in our culture today. It's destructive because what happens is you begin to make another woman or another man the standard for your marriage. And you may not say it, but you begin to think, man, I, I wish we did that in my marriage. I wish, I wish we had some fire like that. 
I wish my wife would act that way. I wish my husband. You say, well, why are we talking about this in church? Because 70% of men in church have a problem with it. 30% of women in church have a problem. It's, it's more than they, they, they can handle on their own. 50% of pastors, this is a national statistic, are struggling in this area. And so we have to decide, you know what? I, my wife is my standard. My husband is the standard. Annalise Murray is the standard for my life. Ain't nobody else that can compare to her. She is the standard. No one else compares husbands. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can clap about that. So husbands, we've got to see our wives as the standard. And wives, see your husband as the standard. And, and in a very real way, guys, our, our wives are, they're, they're comparing themselves with women who aren't real. Every time they see a magazine at the checkout counter at the supermarket, on social media, all of the influencers, all of the filters that are used, the airbrushing techniques, all of the stuff, it's fake and not real. And they're trying to live up to that so that they can get our attention. So, ladies, I would just say, hey, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Don't compare yourself to something that is not real. That's a good place to Say yes. Amen. So we, we've, we've got to start with truth and trust in our marriage. Great sex. Godly sex is built on that. And, and Annalise and I have been married this year, this August. We will have been married for 20 years. 20 years. We just turned 25 last year. So we're... Uh, so, so we've been married 20 years. We have four boys, incredible boys. Annalise has given me four amazing boys, 16, 12, 11, 7-year-old. They're incredible. But here's the thing. All of those births, they left a mark on her body called stretch marks. And you, you have to know that I love those marks. I love them because they represent a sacrificial love. The kind of love where she, she gave up her desire, her want, an image so that she could bring some boys into this earth so that we could raise a family together. And I want you to know I love those marks. I love you. There's nobody else for me. And we need to have that attitude with our spouses. We need to have that attitude in our marriage again. And ladies, your husband's insecure about some things in the bedroom too. Is he pleasing you? Is he, do you? Do you like it? Is it enjoyable? He wants to know and he feels insecure about it. He may feel insecure about things we can't talk about today. I thought that you might laugh there, but... Uh, <laughs> Ladies, in case you don't know, men would like to have more sex. Not a newsflash, okay? <laughs> but, but listen, most, most women just think that it's, it's just his hormones. He just needs to have it. It's just a physical thing. No, no, no. It's actually a very emotional thing for a man. It's, it's emotional connection 
So whenever, whenever you receive your husband in, in romantic intimacy, it's not just a physical thing that's happening there. There's a very emotional connection that's taking place. He translates that as love and acceptance. But listen, when you reject your husband, it's not that you're just rejecting him physically. You're actually pushing him away emotionally. And, and, and physical rejection to a man is just as devastating as sudden silence would be to a woman. Well, he just quits talking to you. Nothing else to say. It would be just, be just as devastating. So, so um, this, is, this is huge. Marriage, godly sex has to be built on, on absolute trust. And so what do we do, Pastor Ben? How do we fix this? Well, God said that... You were created to be a helpmate. So if you're not mating, you're not helping, right? You're supposed to laugh. You're supposed to laugh. It's a joke. I'm just trying to lighten the, lighten the root, mood. We just make love, not war. We're, it's built on trust. Okay, let me move on. That one, that one fell flat. All right, here we go. Number five, godly sex is sensuous. 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 We, we did a series at our church in Alabama one time. Years ago, my pastor did this series called Great Sex, God's Way. And, uh, and, and there were people in town who just could not believe that we were talking about sex. In fact, one guy said, the Bible ain't got nothing to say about sex. Since when? Since when does the Bible have nothing to say about it? The whole, the whole book of Song of Solomon is all about that. Paul talks a lot about it. It's sensuous. Godly sex is sensuous. So let me show it to you in, in verse 9. He says, you've stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. Now, did he marry his sister? No. But if you go to the New Testament, you will see Paul give instruction to young men. And he says, young men, treat young women like they're your sister. Why does he do that? Because he's saying... He's saying, I want you to treat them. You're not going to make out with your sister, so don't be going around town making out with all the, all the... No, no, you treat them like your sister. Save that for your wedding night, he says. So he says, he says, you've stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You've stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How delightful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much more pleasing is your love than wine and the fragrance of your perfume than any spice. Your lips drop sweetness as the honeycomb, my bride. Milk and honey are under your tongue. Come on, glory to God right there. That is a French kiss before France was a nation. Y'all hear that? That's a Hebrew kiss. That's sensuous. Now, now can I say this, though? Can I, say, can, I, can I encourage you, all the singles, all young people in the room today, maybe you're dating, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're junior high, high school, and you, you haven't really gotten into boyfriend, girlfriends yet, but maybe you've been thinking about your first kiss. I don't know what that is, but can I, can I just give you some of the best advice I could ever give you, and that is you need to avoid open mouth kissing at all costs. But I just, you're being too legalistic, Pastor Ben. No, no, listen to me. God, God created sex for completion. And when you start making out, we're just making out. It's just a little bit of fun. I mean, we're not going to cross the line. We just want to see how far we can get to it, the line. Without crossing, we, we, we don't want to, we don't want to, 
But listen, God created sex for completion. So if, if you start down that path, it's like an engine on a car. You either have to shift the gears or the engine's going to blow. God created sex for completion. So I'm saying, hey, parents, teach your kids, train your kids, young people, just make that decision right now. We're not going to go there. We're not going to cross that line. We're not even going to get close to that. We're going we're gonna to set some boundaries for ourselves. So it's sensuous within marriage. Now, um, ladies, how, how, do we, how do we make godly sex sensuous, Pastor Ben? Well, men... They might, your husband might like to see you in some lingerie instead of that baggy t-shirt. Team building exercise 99, class of 1984. You've been wearing it for 16, you know, whatever. <laughs> Coming in with your grandma's nightgown on. He, sensuous. Sensuous. Men, men, can I, can I just coach you a little bit here? Like, don't be grumpy. You want to do it? <laughs> no, no. That's not sensuous. Come on. You, you, you get some new underwear that doesn't have holes in it. Stop tooting under the covers. Come on. Get. Sensuous. Ladies, if you want to blow your husband's mind, initiate. In initiate. Gomer Pyle. Surprise, surprise, surprise. You walk in the bedroom with a bathrobe on, drop it like it's hot. He will worship God right there. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. <laughs> All right. So how do we end a message on sex? Well, for, for all the singles in the room today, I want to give you, I want to give you some coaching from, from this couple. From the Solomon and the Shulamite woman, for all of you who are single, you're not married. Here's what, here's what I would tell you today is do not arouse or awaken love until it's time. That's right. Oh, come on. Pastor, it's, just, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you're, just, you're, you're being too serious about this. No, no, no. This will save you more headaches and heartaches than you can imagine. Right. Don't awaken love until it's time. But for all of you married people here today... Your next step is to be doers of the word, not just hearers. <laughs> be doers of the word. All right. In all seriousness. I told you we had to have a little bit of fun about this. And this is the perfect place to talk about it. So in all seriousness, how do we close a message about sex? Well, we really have to... We, we can't talk about this topic without saying, without acknowledging that godly sex is holy. It's holy. God created it. It's meant for a biblical marriage. It's m most enjoyed in a biblical marriage. Godly sex is, um, when, when it's done in the covenant of marriage, it's right, it's pure, it's holy. And I want to show you what, what he says. Solomon says to his lover, he says, You are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are a spring enclosed. You are a sealed fountain. What's he saying? He's saying, you, you saved yourself from me. You waited for me. So thankful. You kept your virginity for me. 
He recognizes that it's, it's, it was holy. You say, well, Pastor Ben, what's holiness? Well, holiness is not perfect people. Being holy doesn't mean you're perfect. But it means you're forgiven. It means you're, it means you're forgiven. See, to be holy doesn't mean you do everything right. It doesn't mean that you, you never mess up, you never have any sins, you, you, you never struggle. That, that doesn't, that's not holiness. Holiness is, the, the basic definition I could give you about holiness is this, to be set apart. In other words, when all of the world is going this way, I'm going this way. When, when all of my friends are crossing the line, when all of my friends are, are giving up their virginity, I'm going this way. When all of my friends are going to parties and when all of my buddies are doing this, no, I'm, I'm going to live set apart. I'm going to live a life that's different. Singles, let me say it to, to, the, to you this way. When, when you save yourself, when you wait for marriage, did you know you're living a holy life? In married couples, when you engage in God-honoring sex, did you know you're practicing holiness? Because God created this. God created it. And I know in a room like this, maybe there's some people who have my story. And that is uh, before Annalise and I married, I was, I went too far in relationship. I crossed the line. And I regret that. I didn't save myself for Annalise. But when Annalise and I began dating, we made a decision that we're going to wait until marriage by God's grace we were able to do that I, I think if, if we didn't have God in our lives we, we would have been just like so many other people but by God's grace we, we were able to save ourselves and by the way our honeymoon was amazing as soon as we got to the hotel we consummated we waited about an hour and just sealed it again just to make sure you know it was all A lot of people didn't start the way we start. Some of you started the way I started. You, you went too far. You did things that you regretted. You, you gave some things up that you wish you could take back. And maybe you've gone too far in God's standard for your life. And, and I just want to tell you today that no matter where you're at, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how bad you've messed up, no matter the distance you feel between you and God, you can have a do-over today. There's healing for you today. There's forgiveness for you today. There's hope for you today. And you may feel like you've done too much. You've gone too far. You've, you, 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 you've, you've made too many bad decisions. Can I, can I just tell you today, there's nothing too, there, there's no person too far gone. There's no sin too great that Jesus Christ cannot forgive that sin. There's no, no thing that's happened in you or happened to you that Jesus Christ cannot heal. He cannot forgive. He is able to do it. So today what we can do is we can, we can make a decision that from this day forward, I'm going to live set apart. From this day forward, I'm going to let Jesus Christ forgive me of my sins, cleanse me and wash me and make me do new. And I'm going to live my life set apart. I'm going to live holy for Him. 
that's the decision that we can make today. And so you can leave here pure. You can leave here clean. You can leave here forgiven. You can leave here washed and made new. Because God's way isn't just right. It's better. His way is better. And I know it may not make a lot of sense. I know that people will say things. You'll be the butt of some jokes, but His way is better. Man, would you bow your heads with me today? Close your eyes and let me just take a moment to acknowledge that in this room today, there's some of you who you feel guilty right now. You feel guilty. You feel the weight of condemnation. And I want to say to you that if you feel guilt and condemnation, that is not the Lord. He sends the Holy Spirit to bring conviction to you. He, he wants you to know that there's a better way. He wants you to know that there's, there's greater, a greater path for you. But He didn't come to condemn you. He came to set you free. Alright? But maybe some of you feel that way. You, you, you feel convicted today. That's the Holy Spirit. Maybe for some of you, you were abru- uh, abused as a, as a child. Maybe you've, you experienced rape or you experienced molestation. And it, this message opened up some wounds to you. And you're not, you're not at fault. You're not guilty because of what happened to you. But I want to tell you today, the, the healing power of Jesus Christ is in this room to bring healing for you today. Maybe for some of you, you think it's too idealistic. You've already gone too far, and you're not willing to give it up. You think that, that this, is, this is too legalistic, too idealistic. I'm not, I'm not changing it. Maybe you've experienced unfaithfulness in your marriage. Maybe a spouse has been unfaithful, and, and you're thinking to yourself right now, man, there is no way I even want him touching me. I don't, I don't want her anywhere near me. Some of you have lost hope that you could ever have a godly relationship. And for some of you in the room today, you're, you're, you're locked in an addiction. Sexual addiction. What is that, Pastor Ben? It's anything that you don't want to do, but you keep on doing it. You can't stop it. That's a sexual addiction. Maybe it's pornography or masturbation. or Maybe it's homosexuality you don't want to be there but you keep you can't stop we have groups for that we have small groups for that we're here to help but you're ready you're desperate to be forgiven to be healed and I want to make you a promise today that there is nothing there is nothing that Jesus Christ cannot forgive you of I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands today but right where you are, I want to pray a prayer of healing over you, a prayer of redemption over you, a prayer of breaking bondages and breaking addiction. Father, right now, for every person who's in the struggle, for every person who's been hurt, for every person who feels the weight of sin and shame and guilt of their past and decisions that they've made, maybe they've gone too far, maybe they've been in, in, involved in and activity that makes them feel dirty and shameful. God, that's the nature of sexual sin is it brings shame. 
And because it's, we're, we're, we're so ashamed of it, we never let anybody in on the secret. And that secret holds power. That secret gains ground. And we continue down that cycle and that spiral of addiction because we're too ashamed to tell anybody. God, I pray that you'd break that addiction today. Break that cycle of shame. Break that cycle of fear today in the name of Jesus. I'm praying that you would restore marriages today. I'm praying that you would restore broken dreams and restore broken relationships. God, I'm praying for a deliverance, a healing, a breakthrough in every one of us. God, a protection over marriages, a protection over our eyes and over our ears and every part of our life. God, we submit ourselves to you today. We give ourselves to you and we say we want your way, God. We want God's way when it comes to sex. We, we want your way when it comes to sexuality. We want your way when it comes to, to living this life that you've called us to live. Jesus' name, with your head still bowed, your eyes closed, if you're here today and you would say, Ben, I'm far from God. I don't have a relationship with God. I, I want you to know today that, that the most important thing you need to leave here with is a relationship with Jesus. Your sins forgiven. You washed clean. Made new. A brand new start. And maybe you feel locked and trapped and you feel so far from God today. I want to tell you that it takes one decision. One decision, and that decision is to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you about him. He's God's only son. God loved you so much, he sent Jesus, his son, into an imperfect world. To, to not, he experienced life in every way we experienced it. He was tempted in every way, but he did not sin. Jesus died a criminal's death, but on the third day, he rose again, and right now, he is alive at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding for you and me. He died to break the sin curse in your life. He died to break the bondage in your life. He died to break all of the addiction and all of the, all of the sin issues in our lives today, and if you're ready to confess him as Lord and to believe in your heart, then on the count of three, I want you to boldly lift up your hand today and let me lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. Come on, lift up your hand today. Well, I see you. I see you. Anybody else would say, that's me. I'm ready to go all in with Jesus today. I see you up top. Anyone else? I'm going all in. I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of every hand that's up today. Anyone else? No shame, no guilt, no condemnation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, hands down. Let's say this prayer together. Everyone in the room today, say, Jesus, I give you my life, all of my sin, all of my past, my mistakes, I give them to you. I can't carry them anymore. I believe you are who you say you are, the Son of God, my Savior, and I surrender. Will you forgive me? Cleanse me. Purify me. I confess my sin. And I confess that you're my Savior. And from this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus the best praise.